Welcome to Your Voting Guide by the League of Women Voters. This is Vivian Hart, and I will be your host on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. We are a nonpartisan organization, and we encourage citizens to be informed about and active in our government. We do not support or oppose any political party or candidate. Our goal with this program is to present unbiased information about candidates, the issues, and our voting process relating to our upcoming general election on November 3rd. Now, if you get your ballot by mail, you should have already received it by now. If not, call the county recorder's office. This is a very important election, so make sure you vote. We're delighted that you have joined us today. And I'm going to be interviewing Bill Mundell, who is a candidate for the Arizona Corporation Commission. Then after that, I will be talking about how to pick a candidate in an intelligent manner. So first, I would like to welcome Bill Mundell. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. The first question I'd like to ask you is, why are you uniquely qualified to be one of our Arizona Corporation Commissioners? Well, I had the honor and privilege of serving on the commission for nine years. I was appointed in 1999 and served until 2008. I was the chair in 2001 and two. But prior to that, I got my start in public service fighting corruption in the city of Chandler police and court system. And as a result of that, at age 27, I was appointed the presiding judge by a bipartisan uh, city council. I then went on to serve in the legislature for six years, where I wrote numerous pieces of legislation laws protecting Arizona's environment, including a historic law preventing Arizona from becoming the dumping ground for hazardous waste, and then laws uh, protecting our mountains, our rivers, and our native plants. And so, as I said, I was appointed to the commission uh, by a Republican governor in 1999 and served there uh, for nine years. So what do you see as the one or two most critical issues that need to be addressed by the Arizona Corporation Commission? Well, the, the two issues, and they're, they're, inter, they're intertwined. Uh, I'm running, I want to return to the commission to protect uh, families, schools, churches, businesses from the nonstop rate increases by politically powerful uh, utilities. And the reason that has occurred is because of dark money. So I want to stop the dark money spending by the utilities that's led to these nonstop unjustified rate increases and the crushing of rooftop solar. Uh, I call it a cycle of corruption where the utilities spend millions of dollars to get utility-friendly commissioners are elected who then turn around and raise our rates and elect the uh, commissioners that will do their bidding for them. And, and that's been occurring over the last few years where rate increases have just been rubber stamped by the current commissioners. I have a question and I think you've already answered it, but I'd like to give you another chance. Do you believe it's an appropriate role of the commission to require entities regulated by the commission to disclose election-related spending? Certainly, I, I think that's a minimal that the commission should require disclosure. And I also think they should uh, prohibit the spending uh, like the Public Utilities Commission uh, did 
uh, in Michigan. You know, just to digress for a second, in most states, the Corporation Commission is called the Public Utilities Commission or the Public Service Commission. In Arizona, it's the Corporation Commission. And in territorial days, it was called the Railroad Commission. And the framers of our state constitution were concerned about the power of monopoly. So back in 1912, what was the powerful monopoly? What well, was the railroads and Standard Oil. So we should not only require notification and notice disclosure, but we can also prohibit it, uh, certainly in commission races. So uh, I plan on doing that uh, if I'm fortunate enough to return to the commission in January. And I just want to say, since you asked me the question about that spending, um, I was I actually ran in 2016. Uh, APS spent between four and ten million dollars uh, to beat me. Why did they do that? Well, they, why would they spend that much money against one one person? Because I had a history of standing up to them when I was on the commission for those nine years, and they certainly didn't want me to return. The chair of my campaign, Commissioner Kennedy, and, and for your uh, listeners, the, the commission is made up of five people, five commissioners statewide. This is like running for attorney general or governor or secretary of state. Right now, there are four Republicans and one Democrat. The only Democrat is Commissioner Kennedy. She's the chair of my campaign. APS spent over $10 million to beat her in 2014 when she ran for re-election for the same reason, because we stood up to them. We didn't just rubber stamp every rate increase that was put in front of us. And so uh, that's why I want to return, as I said earlier, to protect families from nonstop unjustified rate increases. Do you believe the utility rates in Arizona for electricity, water, and et cetera, are fair and reasonable? And if so, why? And if not, what would you change? Well, certainly not in recent years. As I've said a couple of times already, uh, rates have been raised nonstop over the last few years because the current commissioners have been rubber stamping them. I can tell you when I was on the commission, I actually voted to reduce rates uh, for TEP, for Tucson Electric customers. I actually voted to reduce rates on APS customers. I actually voted no on a number of APS rate increases. But what's happened over the last few years, as I said, the, the commissioners have been elected with the millions of dollars that have been spent by the utilities, and then they've rubber stamped uh, the rate increases. And it's not just Bill Mundell, a Democrat, saying that. Bob Burns, the current chairman of the commission uh, voted no in the 2017 APS rate case. And he said, we didn't vet this thoroughly enough. We didn't ask any questions. All we, all they did was rubber stamp it. So they used to be, uh, in most cases, uh, fair and reasonable, but they haven't been over the last few years because the commissioners haven't been doing their job. The commission job is a full-time job. The commissioners are paid $80,000 a year. Commissioners are like judges. You've got to do your job. You've got to do your homework. You've got to ask uh, probing questions of the utilities and not just take their word for everything they put in front of you. But that's what's been occurring over the last few years. Do you believe in global climate change? And if so, what should Arizona be doing to reduce our use of fossil fuels? Well, I certainly do. And it's one of the things I talk about on the campaign trail. I say, if you're concerned about fighting the climate crisis, then you should pay attention to who gets elected to the Arizona Corporation Commission because the Arizona Corporation Commission decides energy policy in Arizona. It decides whether we have more renewable energy, whether we no longer use uh, coal to generate electricity, how much natural gas do we use? So certainly, and I just wanna say, our one of our opponents in our debate the other night said he didn't believe in climate change. And so that's the distinction I would make between the, the three Democrats running. We're the solar team. That's what we've called ourselves. We're running. There are three spots open on the commission. And so I certainly uh, believe 
in climate change and want to do everything I can uh, to help uh, combat it here in Arizona. You had mentioned rooftop solar a little bit ago. Tell us what you think about rooftop solar, because I know that the utilities have been working against having that and rather having large arrays of solar. So tell me what you're thinking is about the use of solar energy in Arizona. As I mentioned earlier, I served in the commission for nine years. And in 2006, I co-authored the current renewable energy requirement in Arizona. They're called the REST rules, R-E-S-T, Renewable Energy Standard Tariff. And they require utilities to get 15% of their electricity from renewable sources, whether it's solar, wind, or geothermal by the year 225. At the time we passed that, over 14 years ago, Arizona was on the leading edge for solar installation. Because of all the incentives that I put in with my colleagues when I was on the commission, they've all been abolished by the current Republican and past Republican commissioners. We've fallen way behind all our neighbors, and we're even behind New Jersey and New York in rooftop solar installation. Now, why do the utilities do that? The way rates are set for government-created monopolies, and remember, uh, these are not a competitive, they're not a competitive business. It's not like Walmart or Fry's or Safeway. The way rates are set for these monopolies is if they build infrastructure, if they build a gigantic new fossil fuel plant or a big transmission line or a small transmission line or lines to your house or a substation, they then get to come to the commission and ask that everybody's rates be raised, solar and non-solar homeowners uh, alike. So they want to prevent rooftop solar because if people are putting rooftop solar on their homes with their own money, then the utilities don't have to go out and invest in infrastructure and rates will come down for everyone, solar and non-solar alike. That's the dirty little secret of rate making for utilities. So they have a big, big incentive to not have rooftop solar installed by people, businesses, schools, universities. And not only do they not get as much money per month from the customer because they have rooftop solar, they also then don't get to come and ask to raise rates on everybody, solar and non-solar customers. That is their incentive for crushing rooftop solar. They make a lot more money if there's no rooftop solar, because again, that's the way rates are set for government created monopolies. If they build stuff, they then get to come and ask that rates be increased. What specific proposals do you have to make sure that we have enough energy to support our growing population? And we know here in Pima County in Arizona, we do have a growing population. And also to support the economy while not destroying our environment. I want to make Arizona the solar capital of the world. It's really absurd that with over 300 days of sunshine, that we're behind New Jersey and New York and rooftop solar installation. That will mean not only healthier communities, protecting the, our environment, less water use, but also good paying jobs all throughout Arizona. As I said, I wrote the current requirement, 15% by the year 225. It needs to be vastly, vastly increased. Commissioner Kennedy, as I said, is the chair of my campaign. She has a proposal called the Crest Rules with a K, which would increase uh, renewable energy use to 50% by the year 228. I 
enthusiastically support her proposal and hope that we can get that passed next year. Again, it will protect the environment and, and bring good paying jobs all through Arizona. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being with us today, Mr. Mundell. You're listening to KXCI 91.3 FM. I just interviewed Bill Mundell, who's a candidate for the Arizona Corporation Commission. And now we're going to the second half of our show. I am going to be talking about how to consider the candidates that are going to be on the ballot. You may have already received your ballot if you mail from home, and if not, you will receive a sample ballot. So you can take that to the polls when you vote either early or on election day on November 3rd. So when you're looking at candidates, the first thing to consider is what the issues are that are important to you and what the stand of the candidate is on those issues. So does the candidate agree with you on the kinds of issues that are important to you? Or is their attitude completely different from yours? What kind of changes do you think should be done in Pima County, in Tucson, in Arizona? And what do you think the candidate has to say about that? What do you think should be kept the same? Another thing to look at is that if you see a forum or a debate or you read in the newspaper the questions that people from the Arizona Daily Star ask or anyone else is asking of the candidate, do they give a direct answer on the issues? Or do they kind of go around the issue and not say what they're really thinking? So let's say someone says, I've always been concerned about business taxes. So what are they really thinking about what are the nuts and bolts of the program they're thinking of introducing or supporting that would change that. Also look at whether a candidate always talks about the benefits of a program but never talks about the costs. That's another thing to look at. So where can you find what the candidate thinks about issues? One good way is to go to their campaign website. Usually they'll have at the top in or on the side with their navigation, they'll have issues. So look at those in detail. You can also go to their social media site, maybe their Facebook page or their Twitter site, where they will actually talk about the issues of the day and respond to things that are happening in the news. You can look at the campaign literature. I'm sure you've been getting some at your household. Uh, so look at that and see what they say about the issues you're most concerned about. Radio and television ads can also tell you what they think about the issues of the day. Now, not always, though. Sometimes they're just saying negative things about the other candidate. So you have to be concerned about that. Also, when you're looking at a television ad, separate the glitter from the substance. If uh, you're hearing music that's very low or very upbeat, if you're looking at images that are um, happy images or dark images, you know, look at those and see how much those uh, are affecting what you're thinking about the commercial. You can also hear speeches of the candidates. Sometimes 
they will uh, have on their website speeches or forums that they've been involved in or radio interviews that they've been involved in. So look at those, listen to those. Now the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson has done a number of forums for many of the candidates. So please go to our YouTube channel, just put in youtube.com and then put in League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson and you will see our forums there. There are a number of ways that candidates can distort information, especially about the opposite candidate. One is to call them names. So if your candidate that you're looking at is calling the other one names, uh, be careful of that. They can call them names having to do with their family, their ethnicity, their race, their gender, or personal characteristics. And really, none of those really make a difference in performance. So be careful of a candidate who's calling their opposition names. Also, consider whether they're talking about different rumors. They could say something about their opponent saying, although everyone says my opponent da 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 and says some kind of put down about them, I have no personal knowledge of any wrongdoing. Well, that's still bringing out into the public a negative thing about the opponent. So be careful of candidates like that. Those dark hints can be they can sway an election and they can also bring some poor people into um, the government. Look at loaded statements like, I oppose wasteful spending. Well, that doesn't say much. And it also implies that the other candidate favors wasteful spending. So what you need to do is get the details on what wasteful spending they would identify and root out of the situation. Here's another one. Where was my opponent when the chips were down about expanding unemployment insurance? Without mentioning that that bill never came up for a vote. It was stuck in committee. And so they can distort these facts in a way that make their opponent look really bad, but it really doesn't help in your understanding of the issues and what the candidates think of the issues. Here's another one, another way to distort. Guilt by association. So a candidate could say, well, we know my opponent is backed by big money interests, or we know my opponent is backed by the unions. Well, in those cases, it, it may be true that they're getting money from big money interests or from the unions, but when someone's in a campaign, they're getting a lot of money from a lot of different people and a lot of different places. So it's more important to judge the candidate by their own words, by their own deeds, and by their votes, if they have taken votes, if they've been in office before. Also be careful of a candidate who promises the sky, the promises actually unrealistic kinds of things, because that person is not really telling the truth. So make sure that you don't vote for that kind of a person. I know that people have a stereotype of candidates that promise and promise and promise and never follow through. So be careful of those kinds of candidates. Look at their background and experience. How well are they prepared for the job? Have they had this position before? 
Have they had a similar position before? Have they been in government before? Uh, those are the kinds of things to look at. Also look at their actions. See if they are involved in debates. See if they will talk before groups that may not be sympathetic to them as a candidate. And when you read the campaign material, look to see about any insights into their personalities. Do they emphasize the issues or do they just have a big image with hardly anything about the issues? And when they do talk about the issues or in their campaign literature, when they do have the issues noted, are they accurate? Another thing is to learn how other people view the candidates. Look at what others say in articles about them. Look at what the Arizona Daily Star says about them. Learn about any endorsements that they have. If they have a long list of endorsements, many times candidates will get a long list of endorsements. They'll have that as one of the things that you can click on in their navigation on their website. You can see all the different organizations and people who endorse them. And look to see if the kinds of organizations that you admire and that you trust are endorsing them. Another thing is find out where they get their funds to fund their campaigns. Now it is true, like I said, they get a number of funds from a number of different people and organizations. However, if they only have a few wealthy contributors and not many small donors, um, how does that, how do you think that will impact their votes? If they get money from political action committees, what is the background of that political action committee? Those are called PACs. So find out how these contributions might affect their conduct in office. When you're looking at a debate, here are some things to look for. Look at your reactions both to the candidate's remarks and the visual images that they have on the screen. Uh, look to see whether they're more relaxed, whether they sound sincere, whether they look like they're confident in what they're saying. Look at whether they answer the question or evade the question. Do they actually tell what their stand is on the issue? Or are the answers basically emotional appeals or slogans? If they're emotional appeals or slogans, also look and see how much they attack their opponent. Is it a personal attack or is it directed to the other candidate's policies? Does the candidate seem to be well informed about the issues that are raised during the debate or the forum? And do they give answers that are consistent with their previous positions? That's important. Are their answers realistic or do they sound like campaign promises that are unrealistic? So after all of these things, thinking about the views on the issues and do you agree with them on most of them? Did they run a fair campaign? Did they demonstrate knowledge of the issues? Do what they say seem to be realistic? What kind of leadership? So you, do they have the leadership qualities that you're looking for? Is the choice clear? After considering all of these things, then pick a candidate. Make sure you vote. November 3rd is the polling day, but vote early, vote by mail, or vote at the polling place. This is very, very important. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you've learned something new today. 
You can learn more about the League of Women Voters at our website, lwvtucson.org. You've been listening to your voting guide by the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson on KXCI 91.3 FM. All episodes of this series are on kxci.org after they have been broadcast. This show is recorded and produced by Amanda Schager. Thank you very much for listening. This is Vivian Hart. Bye-bye.